Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me I've got Liam. In the words of Tima, I am who? That's a good one. And deputizing for Mitch in a time of urgent need, we have the the guest that we teed up last week, longtime friend of the show, artist of the show, all around great person, Jade is here. In the words of Kenichi, thanks for everything, Fifi. We'll see you again. Aw. Very nice. I just like that. That's just nice. I love Fifi. Fifi's the best character in this movie. Fifi is the best character in this movie. Um, I actually have a note before they named use the name where I that just says, I love you, Albert the Garbage Robot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was having a pretty good time uh with with fifi so this week it's this episode's so important um this episode's earth shatteringly important and i'll tell you why uh dear listener moments ago we just discovered that we are breaking we're breaking a glass ceiling really finally we're talking about anime we're talking about inuyasha (laughs) finally we're talking about inuyasha everyone's favorite genre and medium (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, <laughs> Liam. Are you not gonna you're not gonna chime in on the Inuyasha discussion at all? I I only have one bit, and it's just the initial Inuyasha line. So Jade covered it for me. I'm, oh, okay. I'm really sorry. I actually, no, it was perfect. I actually do watch anime, so and, but okay. I haven't seen Inuyasha. Um, so I guess to Liam, I haven't seen any anime. Oh, fake fan. <laughs> Big anime I also fan, haven't fake seen Inuyasha fan. Oh my really? gosh, let me tell you something about Inuyasha, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's they it's a lot like the, that, it's right? a lot like the movie Metropolis. <laughs> it's animated. Um, they're speaking Japanese. I have two Sailor Moon shirts. Does that count at all? Yeah, that counts. Sailor Moon was is good in Yuyasha core. That was sexy. Yeah. <laughs> that was sexy. It was. I, I mean, I was I was like seven years old. It was okay. Uh, fair enough. Sailor Moon's a little sexy. Yeah, I'm not saying it should line, be, but it definitely is <laughs> it sort of totally spies adjacent in that particular vein <laughs> yes yeah, yeah it's the it, it's the uh, totally spies is like the italian actually winks club <laughs> winks club is the italian sailor moon i don't know what totally spies is <laughs> dude that's such a good comparison wow it's um, true. <laughs> we're firing on all cylinders man this is great um so i guess we need to set an anime baseline first and foremost Jade, you say you're an anime expert, basically. You're basically king of anime. Is oh, that, boy. That right? Dude, don't put that on me, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been an avid anime watcher since I was a child, really. I'm actually a second generation anime fan. It's the coolest thing you can possibly say. I am. Yeah, my mom, um, when she was pregnant with me and, you know, couldn't really do anything would just be heading down to the blockbuster all the time in the 90s and um eventually she watched all the movies she wanted to watch and she started dipping into the anime section and she got really into anime when she was pregnant with me and then um so i was born in an anime loving household that's so cool (laughs) and i was watching sailor moon as a kid i mean all the classics pokemon digimon Yu-Gi-Oh, um all of those trading it's time to duel it's time to duel gotta catch them all 
uh, Digimon, I don't know Digital Monsters. Digi- yeah, Digimon are the champions. Um, <laughs> Sailor Moon. What's this? Got fighting Evil by Moonlight, Winning Love by Daylight. <laughs> the words that I live by today. <laughs> <laughs> to this um, very day. Yeah, yeah. And then you keep when a I got, little cue card in your wallet that just says that. You can just look at it. It's laminated so it doesn't get damaged. You can just look at it during exactly. the day. Um, I actually do have a Sailor Moon. My car is named after a Sailor Moon character. She, her name is Ray, which is Sailor Mars. And I have a Sailor Moon necklace hanging from my rearview uh, mirror. That's I, Sailor, I actually have a lot of Sailor Moon stuff. Um, okay. But yeah. And then when I got older, I watched Death Note, Naruto bleach unfortunately um <laughs> is bleach, do, do we not support is this a bleach anti-bleach i don't think anyone hold? supports bleach I think <laughs> even people that have seen like the whole thing are like in that case yeah. maybe i am an anime fan because when i was like 10 years old i i had friends that tried to get me into bleach because that was always on tv and and i didn't like it and so yeah that's a true anime a true anime fan knows that bleach is bad so <laughs> you're basically an expert <laughs> um and then i liked i mean i i'm not gonna name every anime i've seen i'm sure it'll, i want it to come up naturally yeah um, you're not being challenged by like a neck beard at a party you don't have to do exactly that. exactly i don't know you <laughs> haven't seen inuyasha so i think you gotta prove yourself to me at least <laughs> no please <laughs> it's getting um, too real yeah, I've no Yu Gi Oh counts. You've seen Yu Gi Oh, so that's that's like <laughs> basically in Yasha. Yeah, I haven't seen the season of Yu Gi Oh where they travel back in time and like everyone's really tan and sexy in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! But I have seen the season where they go into a virtual world and there's like a virtual orphan trying to kill them or something. <laughs> a virtual so, orphan? I think he's a virtual orphan. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that what they're doing in the orphan sequel? <laughs> <laughs> oh man orphan i hope 3000 <laughs> yes yeah orphan x it's, it's like a spinoff of like what's the hellraiser movie where they go on the computer hellraiser Hellworld. oh god i don't also, know i can't believe there's a movie called hellraiser hell world that's awesome though yeah, uh, i had no really idea awesome. we should watch that instead <laughs> i disagree i think this is gonna be a good i think this is gonna be a good chat um, yeah so anyway what, anime i've yeah. seen it and yeah, I used to write anime fan fiction. I feel like that's how you know you're a real fan. That's when like, you're all in. Yeah. Dude, okay, can I can I say something slightly embarrassing then? Sure. The first time I wrote anime fan fiction, I was 24 years old, <laughs> which is my current age. Did you write Metropolis fan fiction? <laughs> no, but I might. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what did you say? write fanfic for? It was Gundam. <laughs> That's cool. I want to hear. Meet me after class. I want to see that. <laughs> uh, I wrote Naruto fan fiction, um, which I stand by being like Naruto's pretty, pretty cool. They they made a whole show about his son. His dad must be cool. Oh my god! Yeah, my my fan fiction was like basically it's like it was like Boruto, but instead of it being um, like happy Boruto. and shit in Boruto, it was well all the kids were like girls because I was like. I was really hurting for uh, compelling female characters in the Naruto universe um, that are compelling for like, anyway, sorry, I'm not going to get into how Nar- how Naruto's women are written, but um, it was like, 
in, instead of Sasuke being redeemed as like a good guy, he like stayed evil. And then it was about his daughter who was like training with Naruto's daughter to like go kill Sasuke. I'm sure this doesn't mean anything to you two, but anyone that watched- sounds like the plot of Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Cobra Kai. I've just I haven't either. I've just seen snippets of it that Sean also watches. All right. Well, anyway. Sean of impeccable taste. If anyone wants to reach out to me about publishing my fanfic, uh, let me know. <laughs> I think that's that's the greatest thing that could possibly come from today. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Final Destination fanfiction if anyone's interested in that. Interesting. I'll see yeah. you after class. Okay, great. <laughs> well, <laughs> parking lot after we school. can all meet <laughs> under the um, bleachers <laughs> <laughs> and share fanfic i feel like yeah. I, I have a spongebob fanfic i'm down there is, fanfic a, there is a group of teenagers that did this today yeah well 100%. what i actually did is we would meet at the top row of the bleachers is where me and my people would meet but not to discuss fanfic just to be weirdos i guess <laughs> my, that's my good that's a spot of power have yeah. bleachers a hundred percent of the time so i didn't really uh. live a bleacher oriented lifestyle <laughs> just, i'm i'm just talking about during pep rallies because you go to the top because okay. that's where the outcasts go because you're like as far away from the pep as possible <laughs> right i was but i was on student council so i was like part of the pep <laughs> despite myself <laughs> i was one with the pep See, and this is why, yeah, and this is why this you is have why me it takes on for the village. anime episode. <laughs> and this is why Corey hosts the podcast. I can yeah, never. I sort, of, true, I, true. I, I, I sort of resented the pep, and yet I was part of it, you know? Ooh, that's compelling. The call was coming from inside the house, so to speak, <laughs> um, about the pep. You got to demolish the pep from, from within. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about high school anymore. I do want to talk about anime, though. Uh, and I want to talk about Liam's anime experience beyond Inuyasha, if it exists. The only anime I, I know, honestly, Inuyasha, like I, I wasn't even a fan of Inuyasha. Like it was just, it was on TV and I can, I guess I can't say that I can recognize it because I absolutely can't. I can pick, I could pick Inuyasha the man out of a lineup, but that's about it. Um, I watched some Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day. I liked the trading card game. It's time to duel. Yep. I, I watched uh, Pokemon occasionally. I caught them all. Um, anime. What's your animes. favorite Pokemon? I like um, that little uh, that little green guy that has the leaf on his back, and he oh, like throws um, leaf at Chikorita. Yeah, I think so. Or, yeah. or Trico, I mean, that could be a lot of maybe. different Pokemon. Honestly, <laughs> it got like I, I feel like it's kind of like Charizard, but like it walks on all fours and it's green and it's got a leaf. Bulbasaur? On its back. No, but smaller Bulbasaur's than that. Blue. Bulbasaur is a big boy. Bulbasaur yeah. is sick, though. I did we like Bulbasaur. I, don't I think, think you are talking about Chikorita. I can't think of anyone else. Is it like a turtle or is it just like a little guy? No, it's just like a little guy. Let me see. I, oh, I typed in Chikorita and I'm seeing pictures of a human animal. So I'm well, I guess it's not a human animal, but it's a real <laughs> a life animal. animal. Oh, what? I'm going to give Liam a link to Chikorita. Real oh, quick. yeah, that's the dude for sure. Yeah. Oh, the little leaf. It's on his head. Yep. I thought that's it was on its back. Dude for I've been sure. playing a lot of the Pokemon Snap for the Switch lately, so I'm kind of a Pokemon expert. Yeah, you got it, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe... Okay, so I'm on Bulbapedia. Um, why the fuck is there a category under the Pokemon that says gender ratio? Because that's for breeding, I'm sure. 
Oh, that's because that's gender weird. is a spectrum, I guess. Well, it should say sex ratio, I guess, but <laughs> they probably don't want to say sex in a Pokemon game. <laughs> if you go on Twitter and get sex ratio, do you have to delete your account? <laughs> I'm getting sex ratio every night. <laughs> L plus sex ratio plus unfollow. <laughs> plus you were maidenless. <laughs> um i think that's it for anime tv shows that i can think of like i certainly i haven't ventured into any in adulthood so so any anime i know of on tv would have just been i i saw it on tv like my older brother was was kind of into inuyasha more than i was but even he did not develop into an anime guy so um it's mm. mostly all just a distant memory for me. Yeah. Though, it takes a lot of courage to develop yeah, into an anime. Sure, I mean, it's like there's a lot of it, right? And it's like you got to be, you yeah. got to be devoted because a lot of times there's a lot of episodes, and also um, if it's not airing on North American TV, you've really got to seek it out. So yeah, so yeah. I just I never I never uh, got into that. I guess I could only handle like seeking out so many different types of media, and because I was like super into horror stuff i i didn't uh i didn't branch out but i bet there's some sick horror animes right i bet i actually haven't watched a lot of horror anime liam maybe we can meet me after class <laughs> yeah <laughs> we can, uh, we can discover it together yeah. yeah exactly we'll we'll build a bridge between our two interests <laughs> <laughs> um and then in terms of movies i've seen a bit more um i guess just because it's less daunting like even outside of anime just in terms of tv versus movies i i would basically always much rather watch a movie than a tv show um and so i've seen like uh, a, a good number of studio ghibli films um and like i had a period of like intense depression probably like five years ago where i just i i decided that i wanted to be like really into animated stuff because i liked that people were so into it and so I wanted to be into it as well to, as like a, a comfort sort of thing. And so um, I watched a whole lot of Ghibli films. I watched like uh, Your Name, if you guys remember that movie from a few years ago. Um, that Wait, was a really have you cool. Seen, um, I'm sorry, yeah. I haven't seen no, Your okay. Name. Have you seen A Silent Voice? No, I remember hearing about it and it looked sick. I think that might have been, um, that might have been a bit after I was... Oh yeah. no, 2016, hey? No, I definitely could have fired that. And it, it looks It would have been it's like it feels like it is a movie made for depressed people to watch. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And this is right around the time, so I wish I could go back in time, be depressed again, and then <laughs> watch this well, to, No, this looks this looks really cool. And and um I learned that my favorite type of the anime I was watching is like the the slice of lifey type stuff. And and I'm cool if it has like a bit of a fantastical bend to it like your name is sort of like a freaky friday sort of thing but it also is um just a very cute uh relationship story that i really like my favorite studio ghibli movie at the time was one called whisper of the heart which is basically just uh about a boy and a girl meeting and uh and coming of age and i also really love kiki's delivery service which oh. is uh you know, obviously fantastical, but it's just also just like a cool story about it's a coming of yeah, a young girl. Yeah, that's like my favorite Studio Ghibli movies, Kiki's Delivery Service. I have a lot of 
merch from that too. Nice, um, nice. And I have it on VHS, which I'm very yeah. excited about. Um, yeah. When, yeah, I also have my old Sailor Moon movies on VHS still from like when I was a kid. <laughs> That's which there are cool. some good Sailor Moon movies. They are dramatic as fuck. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have to do that uh, on the podcast we'll sometime. Now we'll that we're anime one. experts, true. Now, yeah, this is basically all you need. We haven't even talked about this movie yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll so, so we got time. So basically, um, I I've only ventured into anime in in very surface level terms and and like very shallow waters. I could probably sit here and rack my brain and like unlike you Jade, I think I could probably say every piece of anime I've ever seen. Um whereas for you, you know, you've seen so much of it that yeah, that would, it would probably take years. be much harder to do. Um so uh this movie was was totally new to me. I had never heard of it. Um I uh I'm going to try to keep mine brief because it's not that interesting i haven't seen as much anime as a lot of people have in fact my sister has seen quite a bit more anime than i have uh she was the the more anime pilled in the family um but my big anime thing that i'm into is um akira which will be relevant later and um most recently gundam shows uh any of them uh i will watch any of it or read any of it and i will love every second of it um i've got all the fucking gundam models my heart desires um i've got all the manga i can fit on my shelves and boy howdy am i just ready to watch some gundam at literally any time that's about it though aside from like you know like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and all that shit that we all kind of ended up watching as a kid um, I tell yeah. you what, Corey, you, you, uh, there was one episode we did when we stopped talking about Flintstones Fever Rock Vegas. Um, <laughs> and oh, we yeah. just decided to talk about other things. And you talked to me about Gundam for like half an hour. And yeah. this is a fault of, of my listening, I'm sure. I, I didn't even realize that it was an anime. I just thought it was a manga and like that it had little figures. I didn't know that it was like a show you could watch. Oh yeah, and it was very early as well. Like it came out in 1979 initially, and there's like eight bajillion series now um, that you could go seek out if you wanted. Um, and there are timelines that do go span like decades that exist in chronological order. <laughs> so yeah. you could really fucking dive in. The only Gundam type shows, like the only mech animes I've watched, are Code Geass. Um, which has mechs, but is most more about like magic power stuff. I think um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a weird show. Um, and then obviously Evangelion, which is also like not really a Gundam show, or like not really about that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Gundam has supernatural magic stuff in it too. Yeah, and um, also giant robots. <laughs> and also giant robots. Um, cool. So. It seems like you have one very specific high level of knowledge with like... I wouldn't even say high level because there's so much Gundam (laughs) that like... Probably not high level because like even just to get through like the core arc of like the main characters people tend to associate. I'm like three entire shows behind. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I like... I do like watching shorter series like... I don't know. Like, well, I say I like it, but I've also seen like all of Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter <laughs> <laughs> and Naruto and Naruto. So like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, 
We've definitely anime. already <laughs> upset the anime fans listening if they're like dedicated anime fans anyway, beyond what we are. Uh, but we're all anime pilled to varying degrees. Jade, seemingly the most so. So Jade is the is the expert, the de facto <laughs> yeah. expert. Now I have to ask you about a different thing before we talk about this movie, which is silent film. <laughs> um, what do you guys know about Fritz Lang? <laughs> and also uh, the movie Metropolis uh, from 1927, which we will learn really only very slightly has to do with the movie that we watched. Yeah, I also, um, I know exactly what you're talking about, Corey, but like, (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I had never, so I've seen the movie we're talking about mostly, 2001 Metropolis, I saw when I was like 16, and I've watched it a couple times since then. This was probably like my fifth viewing, but I had actually never seen um, the Fritz Lang one because like... I don't know. I feel like that's a little less accessible, even less accessible than anime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was German silent films from the 20s. <laughs> um, but um, so I decided to watch it so I could talk about it on the podcast. And I watched it for free on Pluto TV with an Hell ad yeah. break like every five minutes. That's too many ads. It was completely awful. It's already a long movie. So it took me like, four hours to watch it or something like that oh i was my losing gosh. my mind that's dedication and for it to be interrupting a silent movie too that's so obnoxious I you get know, into the and groove like, and then they're like yo how's it yeah, going uh, it's like yeah i would just be listening to like the orchestra and then it's just like paper towels like bounty picker up or whatever <laughs> i'm just like ah, i'm like losing my mind bounty but. use it to overthrow the fascist government yeah exactly the viewing experience fritz lang intended i'm sure <laughs> yeah i know i was literally thinking that i'm like fritz lang could not even imagine how horrible of a time i'm having trying to watch this movie right now <laughs> like it was pretty bad but um i really i had never watched i don't think i've ever seen a silent film before um i'm not like i didn't go to film school or anything and i like movies but i've never been that dedicated before um the only I had tried to watch the original Metropolis one time when I was like 20 with my boyfriend at the time who had shown me the anime version and it was like a night that we had been like fighting so we just were like sitting in front of the silent film we also had a version that did not have a score so we just like uncomfortably oh, dude, sitting he, he put that on to make you think about what happened that night he was I, like we're gonna we're gonna stew in this fight no, he honestly, like, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, probably like, not. I don't want you rethinking your the oh, night. Yeah, I, gotta, yeah, I mean, this was like five, over five years ago. It's fine. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was like, I was not even paying attention to the movie at all that time. So this was really like the first time I watched it. And I liked it a lot. I actually did some drawings um, while I was watching it because everything is so expressive and it's a really fun movie to kind of draw because it's, it is like black and white. And so like the contrast and the composition of the frames, like were really, really nice and the makeup and it was pretty great. It was also like, I thought it would be more boring than it was, I guess. Cause I just came in with that pre- like preconception um, about like silent films, but like, even though I really wish that 
I could hear what they were saying. <laughs> like it was still really, really cool. And I, I liked it a lot. And it actually makes me want to see more like movies from that like place and time, whether they're, you know, Fritz Lang. I know he has like the cabinet of, Oh God. Dr. Caligari. Yes. Like I know he has that one. But like even other like German expressionism. I was gonna say you're just gonna get extremely German expressionism pilled. Yeah, I'm. I am. I think I am gonna get German expressionism pilled. I'm being completely serious, and it's all thanks also, to anime. <laughs> I will say that particular one is not Fritz Lang, but it's got the vibe. Oh, it's not. When I looked up Fritz Lang movies that came up on Google, it must have been just Google is a pack of horrible liars. It's true. It's the algorithm was lying to Dude, me. Dude, search but. engines are so rough nowadays. You look something up and then they give you like one or two results that are exactly it. And then immediately they're like, yeah, this thing is like sort of not related to what you said, but it sort of is. And we'll just this throw it at you. This is also a movie. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's awful. Yeah. So, um, but that being said, I really like the original movie and I definitely am glad I watched it because I was drawing a lot of like, like... Uh, like, I mean, Corey, you hinted to this earlier, but the anime version is not really based off of the original. Uh, like, not even, not even sort of. Like, yeah. there, there's like a couple things it borrows, and that's like it. Yeah, yeah. At least the <laughs> the manga that came out in um like the 40s. I think that this movie tried to incorporate a little bit more of the Fritz yeah. Lang version in. Um, from what I could tell, because there were some very specific things that I was like, oh, like that seems like a reference. Um, but mostly like not really related at all, but I still, I still like that I was able to like kind of compare and contrast even, and I didn't really do it to the detriment of either film. It's just interesting to think about. It's just cool. Um, I actually, I, I, I think it's kind of fascinating that we're able to do something on the show that like. We, we essentially we're essentially covering this in the way that you might if you found this movie in a blockbuster which is you might see it and look at the cover and go oh did they make anime metropolis and then just go home and watch it if you didn't know anything else about it right like you might just assume that and there's just enough to it that you might think you were right uh as you watched it and i think that's kind of interesting <laughs> That is really cool. I never thought of that. I think that is totally valid. Like someone would have that they made another one question and then they would either come away saying like, oh, yes, they did. This is similar. Or they'd say, oh, no, this is actually different. But they asked the question in the first place. And so we got you. Yeah. Yeah. I had to make up for my last pick, which was obviously a very, very popular movie that everyone saw. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're swinging the other way. Um, so yeah, uh, we are watching Metropolis, um, which is oh sorry, I guess I didn't really finish that thought. Liam, have you seen Metropolis, the original one? Hell no, no. I saw no. it in a film class. That's my full take. No, I didn't. I actually often get it confused with uh, not this metropolis movie actually which would be much easier to confuse it with but i I didn't know that this one existed i often get it confused with the joe dante movie matinee which is from like 1993 i haven't seen either of them which is why i get them confused (laughs) and i think it's as simple as like they're both single word titles one starts with m and um i know matinee is some sort of 
period piece, but I think it takes place in like the 60s. So even then, it's like four decades off of Metropolis. So uh, it, it, that just goes to show how little I know about about I, many movies. Liam, I would definitely suggest you watch the original. Um, like, obviously, when you're in a headspace to want to watch like a, a long silent film, but um, um, but like it was kind of creepy in like a way that i really enjoyed um and i didn't really think it would be but um i don't know like it's obviously like unlike the remake i guess the the anime one like it's not as much about the characters as it is about like class struggle stuff but I, I mean, I, I feel funny, like, coming out of Metropolis being like, everyone, everyone, this is a really good movie, because, like, it's obviously, like, a classic film, but I don't really consider myself to be, like, a really pretentious film watcher, and I liked it a lot, so I'm just gonna kind of suggest it generally. Yeah, no, honestly, that really does make me want to watch it. Everything you've said about it makes me want to watch it. I, I haven't avoided it actively the way I have um, some other movies that are often talked about that are that are like old classics where where like I I, th- I th- have to think of them often like uh, like Jaws I've never seen Jaws <gasps> Jaws is so good though right I'm, sh- I'm sure it is <laughs> um, and and that's like I'm not avoiding it for a particular reason but I would also say I'm actively avoiding it where like I think of it enough that I could have put it on at some point and I haven't. Whereas yeah. Metropolis, I've, I've probably only like heard it mentioned in passing a few times and it never really registers to me um, just because it is like so uh, separated from the movie conversations I'm in. Like Jaws often comes up because it's a Spielberg movie. It's, it's a horror movie. It's like a creature feature. And so uh, I'm in those sort of circles um, and it gets mentioned a lot. But Metropolis being a a silent movie, a German movie, a movie from the twenties. It it just like never really uh, comes up. I, I knew about it very vaguely, and so yeah. um, I'd never the thought way, of it. But I want to watch it now. Yeah, the way you talk about Jaws is how I feel about The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one either, Jade. Oh, so. awesome! I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like it because, like, and also, like, I've like for whatever reason, like watching it makes me be like, I wish I could have been on set when they were filming this. Like, for Jaws or for Metropolis? No, 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 no. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the I guess Godfather? for Jaws too, but for <laughs> Metropolis. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be, be on set around all those like dudes. any famous movie, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picky. But um, Metropolis, it's just like, because like some of the effects and stuff too, since it's so old, like there are some things where I'm like, oh, this is obviously a matte painting or like this is obviously a model or, but like there are some effects mm, yeah. that they do that since it's from the 20s I'm like how are you doing that I like <laughs> it's definitely made like made out of some shit that was like poison to everybody on set like, yeah I mean probably some, <laughs> some weird lead based tricks or something the answer is poison <laughs> <laughs> the answer is it was the 20s but no it's it's cool yeah they definitely had to come up with some like creative methods to to do that um which i think is cool yeah metropolis is cool um it's cool if you like big robots it's cool if you like big buildings it's cool if you like uh workers uprisings yeah Um, it's cool if you like people 
uh, having visions about like Moloch rising up to swallow yeah. the working class. It's cool if you like eye makeup. Yeah. Oh, eye makeup. Really cool dark lipstick. A weird, evil, sexy dancing. <laughs> yeah, it's got everything. It's it's basically anime. It is. It really, honestly, like it's funny. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> it it like German expressionism. Weirdly enough. It, or at least this, I guess I the shouldn't talk about it generally. Voice. It 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 feels like animated, especially since the film is also like such a poor quality at this point. Like I don't think that the physical film was preserved very well. At least not the version I watched. Like there were plenty of scenes where I could not see what was happening. Like people were getting really washed out. Like like you can't even see like the features of their face or like half of the screen is like black or something where I'm like, this is actually kind of enhancing my experience a little bit because it feels like animated or like a painting or like, I liked that it was so weird. And that might just be me being like really artsy and shit, but like, I don't know. I thought it was cool. <laughs> Corey, did you, did you like uh genuinely like it when you saw it in the film class? Uh, Yeah. I think so. I I would want to watch it again before like giving any kind of like definitive opinion. But um it's just cool. Like I think it's just like an interesting like edu- not educational strictly, but like it's this kind of thing where um it it really illuminated to me what sort of like kind of craft went into making movies at that point. And it's also just fucking cool. Like it just looks cool. It is cool. I think unions are great, which I think <laughs> I think Metropolis thinks would probably be pretty cool. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I think it's worth checking out if people haven't. Um, maybe not urgently because, you know, there are a variety of things that have kind of, you know, are so influenced by it as to sort of echo it pretty strongly. But it's unique in a lot of ways still that I think it's worth watching. But... Uh, that's not this movie. This movie is uh, Metropolis from 2001, which uh, is based on uh, a manga called Metropolis by Osamu Tezuka, who you might know for Astro Boy. Uh, I spent this whole movie trying to figure out where the art style reminded me of. And at one point I just wrote a note that said, all of these characters have the proportions of rescue rangers. And then I eventually <laughs> realized... That, that was, it is interesting seeing the back and forth between American animation styles, um, or I shouldn't just say American, I guess like, well, I don't like the term Western, but I guess for lack of a better term, Western animation styles on like Japanese animation and illustration, but, and then like the back and forth where I feel like nowadays we feel like Western animation is really getting influenced by anime because a lot of animators and stuff grew up watching like sailor moon and stuff but um i feel like the art style of this and astro boy feels so influenced by like fleischer and like um do you guys know little nemo oh fuck yeah yeah there's actually a scene oh would you say liam sorry (laughs) no i don't so little nemo is like little nemo is fucking cool old comic old old comic that did get made into a weird movie in the 80s which i think was 
a Japanese movie. I don't I don't actually know about the Little Nemo movie, but the comic um I'm really quickly trying to google things so I don't say anything incorrectly. Yeah, it was a comic from like the 1910s in like 20s. It is an American comic and I feel like that influenced um what's the last name of the artist Tezuka? Uh yep. Yeah, I feel like that definitely influenced him in addition to like the Fleischer style, which is like, um, I want to say Betty Boop and. um, Yeah. Oh, God. Um, The Coco the Clown or something. Ooh, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. Oh, true. I know Coco the Clown. Um, Do you know the Minnie the Moocher short? Oh, I don't think so. Wait, the the story for Little Nemo is partially by Mobius? That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Mobius, like the Jared Leto character? No, that's Morbius. <laughs> the vampire man. <laughs> right, no, Mobius, Mobius is the dude from Mobius. Matrix. I got you. You must be talking about the movie, Corey. I am. Okay, because I'm like, Windsor McKay did Little Nemo, and that was yeah, like forever I'm ago. At, I'm looking at Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. Yeah, that's a weird uh, movie. But anyway, that's what, that's what I was thinking of when you said Little Nemo. My brain went straight to that, and I was like, fucking hell yeah. <laughs> There's a scene in the Metropolis anime that has a neon sign that just says Nemo. And to me, I'm like, this has to be a reference because this does feel very... Like, I don't know, the Astro, like Tezuka's art style to me, it, it feels, I love like the vintage quality that it has. It feel in the, how it feels like a very, like influenced by American illustration styles, but still its own thing. And I really enjoyed that in this movie also. Anyway, that's the end of my tangent. <laughs> I think if you look at Metropolis, the manga initially and um, Astro Boy, like it, it gets even more pronounced like that sort of like through line that like visual through line um because i'm looking at like a cover for an old metropolis manga thing and it's just like it's very um for want of a better phrase old timey uh which i think is fun um and that definitely carries through here so it's based on that. Um, so Metropolis, the manga, is its own thing, but he was inspired by at least one image from the Fritz Lang movie. <laughs> Potentially, literally only one. Um, depending on the version of the story that you read uh, about where that comes from. Uh, on the Wikipedia page, it says it has some parallels to the 1927 film of the same name, though Tezuka stated that he had only seen a single still image of the movie in a magazine at the time of creating the manga. That's fucking, that's king shit, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Um, <laughs> and he still called it Metropolis. The fact that he called it that is so funny. I will say, uh, in some territories, it's also called uh, Robotic Angel. Just kind of cool, but maybe a little bit more on the nose. Um, <laughs> and so the screenplay for the adaptation of the manga, which is related to the Fritz Lang movie by a single image, um, is by Katsuhiro Otomo, who, uh, you know, made Akira. King, speaking of king shit, <laughs> Akira's fucking awesome. Um, and then the English adaptation of the screenplay by Otomo 
is by a guy named Mark Handler who worked on Cowboy Bebop and various Power Rangers in uh, the 2003 iteration of Astro Boy and also one episode of Initial D. Had to get that in there. By 2003, Astro Boy, is that like the 3D animated movie that no one no, saw? No, that came later. Okay. <laughs> this is a TV show. Um, and then the movie is directed by Rin Taro, who uh, worked on Astro Boy... 1964 um and also lupin 8 new adventures of kimba the white lion and something called space pirate captain harlock the mystery of the arcadia which sounds pretty cool um the movie was edited by uh koji busaka and ineko suzuki cinematography is by hitoshi yamaguchi and the music is by toshiyuki honda um i'm gonna actually drop some of the credits that i had for the japanese voice cast because i now have to read two voice casts because quick news flash for everybody liam and i watched this movie subtitled and jade watched it with an english dub so they are going to be slightly different experiences because i'm not a real anime fan because <laughs> she's not a real anime fan yeah the dub is pretty good honestly um so i don't feel that bad about it no, i'm immediately pro dub first of all uh i'm taking my cast list from the wikipedia page for the movie and i'm just going to go in order uh as they have it listed and we're just going to have to live with that um i know wikipedia is not like the end all be all source but didn't expect to need both lists so um we've got kenichi who is like main boy <laughs> Uh, the Japanese voice actor is Kei Kobayashi, and the English dubbing actor is Brianne Sidal. Uh, fun fact about her, um, I just talked about uh, two Gundam series. She is in both of them in the dub. Uh, in particular, the main kid from War in the Pocket, she does the English voice for him. So that's cool. Uh, Tima is uh, main girl, uh, robot girl. Uh, Yuka Imoto in Japan, Rebecca Forstat in English, uh, Shinsaku Ban is Kosei Tomita in Japanese, and Tony Pope in English, Rock is uh, Hiroaki Okada in Japanese, Michael Rise in English, Duke Red is Taro Ishida in Japanese, and Jameson Price, no relation, in English, uh, Pero is Norio Wakamoto in Japanese, and Dave Malo in English. Um, Wakamoto is actually the coolest list of stuff. Um, so I'm going to read that one still. So he was uh, in Dragon Ball Z as Cell, which is pretty sick. Uh, Ninja Scroll, Cowboy Bebop, and then literally 354 other credits, which might be the most credits we've ever seen one person have. It's truly prolific. It's fucking crazy. Um, Atlas uh, is played by Norihiro Inoue in Japanese and Scott Wanger in english president boone is played by masaru ikeda in japanese and richard richard plantagenet in english there is an english announcer voice which is done by mary elizabeth mcglynn um kusai skunk is played by toshio furukawa in japanese and dan warren in english dr ponkatsu is played by takeshi aono in japanese and doug stone in english dr lawton who is the guy who creates tima but by Takeshi, uh, nope, Junpei Takaguchi in Japanese and Simon Prescott in English. Superintendent Notarlin is played by Shun Yashiro in Japanese and William Frederick Knight in English. 
Acetylene Lamp is played by Shigeru Chiba in Japan and Stephen Bloom in English. Only voice I recognize because he's the Toonami guy and also Spike Spiegel. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Uh, I know who Mary Elizabeth McGlynn is because I was uh, extremely critical role-pilled for a while and she shows up on that. Uh, that's the only thing I know <laughs> about her. Uh, Fifi has one voice, Japanese, Japanese actor. Uh, Rikako Eikawa, and then we have Emmy, which is Mami uh, Koyama in J- Japanese, and Barbara Goodson in English. Uh, Mayor Lion is Takaya Hashi in Japanese, and Peter Spellos in English, and Ham Egg. <laughs> I don't know who Ham Egg is, but it's really funny. Is a Masashi Ibarra in Japanese and Robert <laughs> Axelrod in English. Um, that's the list on the Wikipedia page, so I will call it there for now, though certainly there are more um, actors total than that. Uh, this movie is about um, a place called Metropolis, um, which is like a like a multi-tiered city. It's got like levels to it. It's this giant like... Um, almost steam not steampunk is not the phrase i want but it's like what if the 1930s were also the future i don't know if we have a term for that i think that's just steampunk <laughs> I, I saw on wikipedia that they call it a diesel punk movie Ooh, yeah oh, i like that okay diesel punk uh based on the interwar period through the 1950s with retro futuristic technology yep that sounds about right diesel punk city (laughs) um and uh there are humans that live there and there are robots that live there and robots are like lesser considered in society and they're largely used for labor and they're not considered to be you know a human or worth anything and um humans seem to be in large part sort of poor and disenfranchised and um robots seem to be to blame for that but there's a there's this guy named duke red and he's done something pretty fucking crazy which has built something called the ziggurat which is just a gigantic fucking tower at the top of that tower is something called the throne of power and he wants to use this we learn as like a big weapon to take over the world um how are you gonna do that you may ask um he has hired an evil scientist who was wanted in japan for the crimes of organ trafficking uh, to build a super robot who can power the weapon, which catches the ire of Duke Red's adopted son, Rock, who there's a group called the Mardukes, and he's like the leader of that. And they're like anti-robot militia, basically. Um, And so they're trying to build this robot in secret but um uh shinsaku ban shows up from japan he's a private investigator he's like i'm going to find this terrible dr lawton and get him for his crimes and uh kenichi is that man's nephew he came along basically just for the trip it seems and um rock is really pissed off because he just wants his adopted dad to love him and his dad does not love him at all. In fact, he says that he's not even his dad. And uh, he grows really uh, disenfranchised with the whole thing and uh, really, really, really resents robots because he thinks his dad should be king of the world um, and discovers uh, Tima, 
which is a robot being built in the likeness of Duke Red's dead daughter to power the throne of power inside the ziggurat and take over the world. Um, Rock thinks that's bad, so he tries to kill the guy that made it, blows up the factory, and uh, wants to kill Tima, but Kenichi and Tima escape, and then the rest of the movie sort of is a chase for them um, between Duke Red and the Mardukes and um, private investigator uncle and the police. And then there's a coup and there's a revolutionary sort of like uh protest attempt. And there's uh much intrigue to be had. If I get too caught in the weeds, we'll be here all day. But um, near the end of the movie, Tima does in fact get sort of placed on the throne of power and Kenichi has to try to sort of save her from that fate. There's much discussion about, you know, her nature as a robot that is so like a human that she's considered superhuman and like capacities for love and affection. And also why doesn't my dad think I'm cool? Uh, much to discuss uh, across the whole of the movie. Um, what going on? Yeah, it's a pretty comp, it's pretty complicated. It's like, very complicated. Fuck yeah. The we first time I watched this, I don't think I really understood the plot, all that. Like, the Marduk thing, I don't think I really understood that much. Um, I wonder how long the manga is, because it does feel like it's getting to a lot in a two-hour movie. Yeah, I feel like it, yeah. Like, I think it does a pretty good job, but also it, it does feel sometimes like it's a little rushed. Um I mean, I like this. I mean, I don't know if you were going to ask us individually. I like this movie, but I definitely don't think it's like perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's fair. Um, I was just going to say, just to really reiterate this again, the similarities between this and Metropolis, if you include the things that were added to the movie that are not in the manga, basically come down to giant building, robot girl, plight of workers yeah well That's they about it. they name drop the tower of babel like at multiple the very times. end huh i multiple times yeah multiple oh is it multiple times i only caught it the once it um, comes up near the beginning when uh kenichi is asking what ziggurat means and no one can tell him and then somebody just compares it to the tower of babel mm-hmm. and then it comes up again at the end yeah and i guess there's like some daddy issue stuff oh rock has big time daddy issues yeah so does tifa or tima i guess rock Um, a character who is not in the manga at all he's not (laughs) no he was made for the movie he seems extraneous honestly i i kind of see that um i mean he creates a lot of drama which i appreciate but yeah, he was, he lives for the fucking bit, dude. He's all about <laughs> showing up in his shades and a fucking gun and he's, just like shooting at people. Yeah, he's really just always trying to shoot somebody and getting his feelings hurt. <laughs> dude is deep in his feelings and wants to solve it with a gun. Yeah. Like, um, Brock. He's he's kind of funny. Don't honestly. be like Rock. I, I do like that his name is also just Rock. Like, oh, it's Rock? I thought it was Brock with a B. No, R-O-C-K. 
Damn. See, this is what you gotta read those subs, Jay. I was gonna say this is what I miss when I don't have fucking subtitles. <laughs> um. So that's yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Um. So well, we know Jade likes it generally. Um. What about you, Liam? As a as a lesser anime viewing individual, <laughs> how that hit? How this hit you? I really like it too. Um. I'm I I might like it the same amount of jade dis- the same amount as jade despite the fact that my opening line was going to be in, um in uh i guess opposition to what jade said where i was just going to say like i don't think there's anything wrong with this movie i think i was literally like going to say like i think this movie i can't say anything bad about it um does that mean i think it's like a 5 out of 5 like i love it no because um, i i always take my subjectivity into account like there are plenty of movies that i think are great but i don't i don't like them this movie i think is great and i do like it i don't love it all the way though and i think uh why that is 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 because i was i was quite confused by by a good amount of it like jade said um i just found it like i knew there was a lot going on but i found it hard to parse i found it hard to keep track of all the characters and i could pick up on bits of the commentary here and there but um it wasn't until uh a couple days after watching the the movie and then read and then i read the wikipedia plot and i was like oh this is this is what was going on in in these scenes um i did i didn't quite pick that up and so um I feel like I mostly just appreciated the movie on a surface level, which was uh, I loved the animation. You know, I, I talked earlier about how um, I I went into an animation phase because I wanted to like see worlds that I wanted to live in. And, and this movie gave that to me, despite depicting a world that practically I would not want to I would not want to live in uh, in this uh, tyranny but just the way the animation looks it just makes me want to be there so i can like explore with with my with my two feet and my eyes and just like walk around and look at every every nook in this place um it was just so detailed and imaginative and so i just loved spending time with the movie and then there was a whole bunch of uh relationship stuff that i really like too because i'm a sucker for that um and so I I really liked it all the way through, but I just feel like I gotta watch it again. I gotta have Jade or you explain to me what was going on in some of these scenes, and then um, in explaining that to me, uh, you you can also tell me like why uh, you guys think well, why Jade thinks I don't know, but you, you Jade, you can tell me what parts of the movie you don't think are perfect because I would like to hear that too because I'm at the point where everything I was able to pick up about the movie. I think was like right on the money, but also um, I know that I missed a whole lot about the movie. Um, but I, I really did like it. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes I think things can be first appreciated as like a, v- I'm reluctant to say a vibe piece because vibe is a word that is starting to completely lose meaning. But a buzz piece. Yeah. Like you can just enjoy it as an experience first and then you know enjoy it as like a narrative work second you know what i mean like if you just enjoyed watching it like that's enough right like that that's totally sufficient i um i i like this movie a lot i think it's really really cool i think it makes a lot of interesting choices i agree that it feels like 
some of the narrative stuff was handled a little bit clumsily in that there are so many moving parts that um, at a certain point you can just ignore some of the specifics because it feels like some of it doesn't matter. Like, especially I think when you start getting into the coup situation, they introduce like a whole new wing of government and like the resistance leaders and this other general that's not Duke Red. And it's just like, dude, I don't fucking care. Like, you're losing me in the sauce a little bit. But I think experientially, just as like a viewing experience, it's really awesome. And it makes some really cool visual choices. Not all that I think work out like perfectly. I think some of the blending of CG in traditional animation looks kind of wonky. Oh, yeah. But the CG is outdated. Um, but I don't know. I don't hold that against it too much. I, But yeah. <laughs> no, it just looks wonky because it was like an early run at that kind of thing. But like the overall like artistic direction of it is so cohesive and it's such a cool world. I guess we'll continue to call it diesel punk. But like this what if the 40s was the future feeling um and also the way the music helps communicate that is super sick oh the music is so good i did want someone to bring up the music i Um, also i also think that the needle drop at the end when the ziggurat explodes and they play uh fucking oh what's the song called shit i can't stop loving you yeah and it it reminded me of the music in elf (laughs) Um, just like nice yeah, jazzy kind of this the fact that this anime where uh a gigantic tower is exploding and a bunch of people are dying ends with i can't stop loving you by ray charles is so fucking cool um i was losing i was marking the fuck out when that needle drop hit it was so cool it was it's really good it's kind of like sad like i feel like it's like obviously there's like dissonance with like what you're seeing on screen and what like you're listening i know there's like an actual term for like those types of needle drops i can't think of it right now but um but i also think it's like it's communicating that this isn't just like a big action set piece thing it's also like really kind of heartbreaking that this is happening to tima like and this is kind of what she was like created to do even though she wants to just be like a normal person yeah, it's it's that, and it's also um, Kenichi's relationship to Tima, and the fact that he's he has really been through some shit <laughs> over the last couple of days as well, trying to get Tima into a sort of normal s- situation. And I think it relates to Rock, Rock getting to the point that he was at, just because his dad just won't fucking love him, and he loves his dad so much. Yeah, and his dad just won't play ball. And Duke and, Red uh, being in love with his dead daughter. Also. To the point of creating a robot that he doesn't care about just to like recreate the image of what it was like before without really having to grapple with what it means to create some kind of super robot. Yeah. Uh, that song's got layers in this particular <laughs> film, but uh, through the rest of the film, and the movie makes w- funny choices that also feel like it's trying to communicate the time, but like the amount of like s- circle wipes. Oh, are hilarious. I love uh, the wipes. There are I think there are wipes in the original Metropolis too. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. But those wipes and I feel like they just very well communicate the time which is like stylistically being pulled from, but also just so much of this movie just feels like such a well thought out aesthetic experience 
that they could really be doing anything and I would be having a good time. Yes. <laughs> um, also, uh, just a quick thought. The violence in this movie is so aggressively violent. Like, I just yeah. think that's a really interesting choice. Like, there's a lot of, like, shooting in the movie. And every time a robot gets, like, shot to pieces, it is visceral. It's gory. Yeah. It's gory, and they're ripped to pieces, and there's, like, oil or grease or something standing in for blood. And it's, yeah. it's, and they're, like, twitching. Brutal, and it's grim. And I feel like, first of all, that's just an interesting choice against um, an art style, at least in the human characters or humanoid characters that can be interpreted as soft. I think people find like a, you know, big eye, uh, relatively equally proportioned limbs, like fairly welcoming as an image. So then to see it kind of just get real fucking lit up, uh, is, is really kind of shocking. Um, but I think that's a really good point or a good choice. And even like with rock and like when he gets, you know, gets got, um, like just there's no the emotion like this movie knows no peace like the <laughs> emotional moments are so punctuated like with with a heightened visual element to it that it just really fucking hits you yeah yeah uh you reminded me of a whole lot of other stuff about this movie that I love that I didn't mention. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that the music is actually my favorite part of the movie. Like if, if this music was in any movie of this type, um, even if it wasn't animated, like if they had this movie in a, in a live action, uh, action movie or a science fiction movie or anything, I just love that juxtaposition. Like I thought it was so cool. I, I was when it kept happening, you know, when there was a num like two or three kind of upbeat jazzy songs in a row, I was like, am I watching a an edited version of this movie where like someone just thought it would be cool to put jazz music over top of this? Because it is fucking cool. Um, but it felt so uh, like atypical, so, so different than what I would have expected not just expected going into the movie but also like what the movie was showing me like I, it totally tricked me where i was thinking there's no way that this is actually the music in the movie and then of course as the movie keeps going and i and i realize what it's doing and then it and then it climaxes in that explosion scene with ray charles over it i was like this is so incredible and cool um and and artful and poetic even if i like didn't understand always like what it was trying to say just the fact that seeing those gnarly images of death and 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 violence and destruction and um and then just to have this jazz music playing over it is just such a such an arresting experience so i loved that and then just the the score in general like there were some moments of violence in this movie um where uh it's it's just your sort of like regular um orchestrated music stings i don't know if they were original or not but i thought they were so like creepy and impactful there's this one that they do where it straight up sounds almost exactly like the music used at the end of one of my favorite horror movies sleepaway camp 
Corey, what's up? And uh, at, at the end of Sleepaway Camp, there's this huge twist and there's music that goes like it kind of sounds like what uh, someone would sing if they're like imitating a horror movie, like kind of like Jaws ish, where it's just like, duh, duh. But like it, it, it has this creepiness to it. And they do that twice in this movie. One instance is when um, Rock shoots uh Tima in that in that big confrontation where the group is around um and the music is just like so intense and scary and so I totally loved that um I know and, exactly what moment you're talking about right? cuz yeah. I've listened to the score a lot like just outside of watching the movie cuz I've saw this movie for the first time as a teenager and so like downloaded the score and stuff it's like yeah, I think the music is... And I like when they're doing, like, the chase chase scene music, and this is generally pretty good, too, I think. Yeah, it does have some big horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big horns. And then there there is... I think it is original, except for, of course, the Ray Charles needle drop. And then there's a cover of a Cab Calloway song. Um, and I mentioned Cab Calloway earlier because with the Fleischer cartoons... Um, he Cab Calloway is I is like the only uh, musician or singer from that era I really listen to probably just because I'm a big animation nerd but um he it's a song called St. James Infirmary um and it's basically about like going to see your his girlfriend or whomever who is I can't I don't remember if she's either dead or like dying <laughs> and they have a cover of that in this um in the um movie and I thought that was also like a really good choice and it was kind of creepy and um they covered it I think so it would feel a little more natural in the score or the soundtrack but I just I love the music in this so so much um and yeah and it is interesting seeing also how it was influenced by i think not the music but just the movie in general and being influenced by akira i think with all the violence that feels very like akira inspired and the diesel punk of course but it kind of already had that aesthetic it's just interesting but since it was like obviously the manga was written such a long time ago that this movie is not it's gonna incorporate like 90s and 80s anime aesthetics that were not necessarily around when the original was written and i just think that's really neat too (laughs) yeah no absolutely and also just the like it's visually so layered at all times that it just feels like it's constantly just sort of like a feast for the eyes that's kind of a played out term i guess but like it's so colorful and it's so dense but like not not to the point of lacking coherence in what you're looking at but like the world feels really well established and the way things work and feel all feels very cohesive even if you know it's it's messy or chaotic like um when they're on that like bicycle rickshaw kind of thing running away from the the Mardukes I think um and just like zipping through this like all these stairwells and um traffic and crosswalks and alleys and 
markets and everything and it's just there's so much going on but it it never feels like it's it's to the point of being distracting uh it just feels really like thoughtfully put together yeah i feel like the making the world feel alive was definitely a huge priority like artistically i guess because i even think that like some of like the problems are like well i i don't want to call them problems or gripes because i think we're all like pretty positive on this movie you can still have gripes about positive things that's true that's true (laughs) we can be nitpicky but like um like with it like i think that some of the characters are kind of extraneous or like there is maybe sometimes too much going on they go to so many different locations um like but i think like even though I see those things as kind of undercutting like the clarity of like the story or like you know it makes it less um streamlined but also like it does kind of add to what we've been talking about about like this kind of feels like a real place like in a lot of ways like yeah it, and I think that even though those sort of complications are like kind of confusing politics or like extra characters or whatever like they are confusing, but I it it just I I do feel like the complexity was being sort of prioritized over like being like a really streamlined like you know like screenplay or whatever, and yeah, I guess I can't necessarily point. fault it for that because I think they did just like such a good job with that sort of angle. Yeah. Also, just a quick while I'm thinking about it, another great example is just that opening when they show like the reveal of the ziggurat and it's all got that like golden sepia hue over it and it's all those fireworks kind of glittering down and it's like I think that's an example where the CG mixed with like the more traditional animation is like where it probably looks like some of the best. Um, yeah, that the opening scene is amazing. Cohesive. Like it yeah. really sucks you in like immediately. They did a really good job with that. I will say <laughs> the part where they shoot that radiation laser into the sky straight up just looks like a Final Fantasy VII cutscene. <laughs> um, so like you know pros pros and cons, but yeah, and again, like it's so colorful. Like even if you just look at like shots of the skyline, like I've pulled one up just to remind myself. But these buildings are like emerald and pink and like yellow and orange, and everything is just this like really lush really um indulgent kind of color palette which i think is also interesting just in terms of the contrast they're trying to put together with like the the class distinction is that like it's a city that's like built in this hyper glitz that doesn't really account for what people actually need so you got like art deco fucking statuary everywhere and everything is gilded and colorful but then like nobody can eat food like yeah, there's like literally no food. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which is like specifically mentioned because of the festival stuff. Yeah. And then the lower levels are colored like a fucking kid's toy box. It's awesome. Yeah. Like everything, it, it almost looks like it's built out of blocks, but like I mean that in a really positive way. Yeah. Um, another cool thing that th- this movie does visually is every time somebody shoots a gun not every time but they have a lot of shots that just go straight into the barrel of a gun which i just yeah. think is cool <laughs> like it's so moody like yeah i like it's a very animation type thing to do right where it's like this would not look that cool <laughs> if you did it live action but no yeah they're yeah. they're using the strengths of the medium to their advantage right but, and there are also moments though that i thought 
like were incredible by the fact that I could so easily picture them in a live action movie. And I thought it was so cool that they were doing it um, in an animated world. Like the big one is when um, uh, Rock is like um, given the heat to Tima right before he shoots her. And he's just like going on this villainous monologue. He's going on his villainous monologue and he's like walking around her in a circle and the camera is following him 360 degrees i mean like, obviously there's no there's no yeah. camera but it seems oh. like there's a camera following him and she's spinning as well it's so cool yeah i know because it's like thinking about drawing that like makes my head and hand hurt like, right so much yeah but, like they, that. Oh. but it's a good idea and they did like i feel like this I wonder what like the budget and stuff for this is because it's a, it is such a beautiful animated and it's so floaty in a way. Like sometimes I think the animation is almost a little too floaty, honestly, because it's like, so coming as someone that has watched a lot of anime, <laughs> um, most anime, most anime really prioritizes like lower, not like low frame rate, but like, not needing to like only drawing what you need to draw right like you're being efficient in your work being efficient being punchy um like again kind of like like have you ever seen when people do the really annoying thing where they like screenshot animes and stuff and they're like oh look how fucked up this is but it's just because they were doing like a smear or some like yeah, they like, were doing the frame they needed to make it look normal when it moved. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, like you idiots, like this is <laughs> you it's animation. Maroons. Yeah. So like, but this is almost like the opposite. Where I feel like there is, it's so smooth and floaty. Like it's not nearly as punchy as I expect anime to be. And I mean, they can do this more with movies, I think, because of how the production like pipeline is. Um, like Studio Ghibli movies do not have the same vibe as most anime TV shows. They are very, very different. Um, and that's why sometimes I get into stupid, petty arguments with people about this sort of thing. Um, <laughs> Cause the style of animation is just very different. They're just like from the same country. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, it's like, I think people like talking about anime as if it's like a style and not a medium. Exactly. Like- and, the style of this is so unique. It again, it's very fleshed out. It's very dense. It's very floaty. It's very cine. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's very cinematic in a way that, like, like you said, like that tracking, like that circular sort of shot around Tima is like. I don't think you would normally see that in an anime or even like animated stuff because it's like, why would you want to do that? But they did it because it adds to the mood and it looks really good. And it, it like, like I said, with like the original film, like I would be really interested to just be like in the room when people were making like these creative decisions. Yeah. I don't know if I'm galaxy braining too hard, but I also think that, you know, a, a shot like that that just runs in circles while, you know, Rock sort of like exclaims his grievances about um, like the relationship between humans and robots and in particular the relationship between him and Tima and also him and his dad that doesn't love him. Like, I, I think a, a, a shot that repeats and also spins can help communicate that all of it is sort of playing out cyclically right like um 
this sort of disdain between robots and humans, you know, plays out in a cycle of violence that we see repeat over and over and it transitions into um, violence between people and uh, violence between uh, or toward Tima just for being who she is. And I think that those sort of spinning shots help communicate that this is sort of going to just continue around everybody until um you know something something happens and i think you know team is sort of set up to kind of break that up yeah galaxy braining too hard but i think that's kind of fair i mean i i think that thinking in a galaxy brained way about animation especially something animated like this where obviously there was a lot of thought put into it is like not really that out of pocket because no everything is so planned out um that makes me that does make me want to ask y'all a question though um just generally what do y'all think of like robot racism in movies and like specifically this movie but also like generally (laughs) um it it comes up a lot in in science fiction (laughs) um i think it's a topic i find a bit boring now um only because it has been used in a lot of ways that aren't especially interested in having like a thoughtful conversation and it's either just a shorthand for racism that you don't have to think about or um it's just to create tension between characters without really interrogating like why whether that be like which systems exist in this world that are determining who can succeed and who can fail versus who implement the, who implemented those rules and why and how do those things change um i think in the grand scheme of things this is actually maybe a slightly more surface level example of the dichotomy than i would have hoped just because there isn't a lot of space given to robots in this society finding agency for themselves because it's all tied specifically to Tima, who is also given a bit of unique privilege by virtue of being the most human. So it would sort of undercut its own argument. I think the argument is more effective as a class one than it is uh, a race one or... Um, something specifically about like our relationship to artificial intelligence. Whereas I think just generally speaking, it can be compelling. I don't know. I like Blade Runner a lot for like a, <laughs> a pretty mainstream example of that. But I think it's it's an it's a conversation worth having that can be done in compelling ways. I think um, Blade Runner I think is a more interesting example to me, and I haven't watched it in a little bit. But I think part of what helps it succeed is so replicants look just like people to the point where you need a specialized guy who can tell them apart and tima is part of that in this world but she's the only one and i think the thing that undercuts its own argument is that we don't see robots in this world except for pero mix with that human society in a way that feels meaningful um, because you know it's just labor that is being sort of expended and ignored, and I think that's like a, an interesting critique about capital and class. 
but maybe not about a relationship between humanity and robots. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. Like, I mean, sorry, I want, I want to hear Liam too, but just like, yeah, I think it's, I think it was interesting that it was robots. Cause I felt like it didn't necessarily need to be, but yeah, I think it's more concerned with like, um, like a, the God complex of like humanity going past its own means. It's like near the end, they talk about the tower of Babel again, when it's much closer to actually being blown up. And uh, somebody says, it won't be God this time. It'll be us. That in reference to tearing it down for mm-hmm. having sort of become too ambitious for our own good. Yeah, that was um, Axel that says that, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Atlas, I, sorry. Atlas, the re- yeah, the revolutionary guy. Yeah. And I think in terms of that particular argument about um, where on the line of developing be it weaponry or artificial intelligence or uh, things that are more human than human, does humanity go too far? And where do the more base bottom of your Maslow's hierarchy of needs come in in that with like, like where is the space for, for love and affection and meaning in a world where those lines aren't clear? I think that's where the movie is a lot more successful, though I do think the visceral nature of the violence against robots does have something interesting to it. But in terms of just like what argument do I think is it making the best? Um, I don't think it's that one. I think other movies uh, to generically mention one as Blade Runner probably do it better. Um, yeah, I I agree with Corey, uh, unfortunately, because it would be more interesting if I didn't and we could get into it. But we <laughs> um, made for good good material. But I think I think I agree with uh, both of you um, based on what Jade was getting at as well. Like I think that it's a uh, it's it's sort of a trite uh, a trite concept, um, but I think that's also it's trite because like at some point it, it is re- it's really like unique cool idea uh, a way to uh, communicate to people within a specific genre and um, and 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 create art and um, have people thinking about these things without feeling like they're being. Uh, uh, taught some sort of lesson explicitly um so I, I do i'm not i'm not against it but i think that it is at this point it is it has become so common um that in in science fiction or fantasy um based on what i've what, what i've seen uh, again i'm not very familiar with either genre honestly but like even in uh like the Harry Potter books, the, there's a subplot where, um, oh, uh, God. right, the, <laughs> the little elves. Uh, the elves, yeah, the elves are being, uh, they're being overworked, and Hermione wants to free them. Um, well, that, <laughs> but they like it. J.K. Rowling right, is kind of yeah, fucked up for that. Yeah. J.K. Rowling is really fucked up. J.K. For Rowling's that, fucked like, up for a lot of shit. That's definitely one of them. No, I mean she's obviously she's fucked up for a lot. Sorry, I'm sorry, Liam. I don't mean to jump on you, but like. <laughs> This becomes a J.K. Rowling hate party. It really, it's about to. Well, the thing where she's like, because Hermione is painted as being like annoying for wanting to free slaves because the slaves like to be slaves, except for Dobby because he's like quirky. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that Metropolis did a better job than Harry Potter with 
talking about the plight of an enslaved like working class for sure and like i think that's the issue where you can it's it's become so uh common and like um such shorthand that someone can do it and then still totally bungle the the actual uh like the the actual message of it or maybe not bungle it maybe that's exactly what she wanted to say based on what we yeah. know about her now i don't know but um <laughs> Yeah. But but yeah, so I think I think uh, it really just depends how it's done. I didn't I didn't have much of an issue with with how it was here because I think it it also like it isn't just about race and it's also about like uh, um, it's more about class. It's, yeah. it's a lot more about class, class and like artificial intelligence and having like robots uh do things for us um yeah and and so i like Corey's comparison um with blade runner where if if we're talking about like uh creating something that is gonna exist in our society um in sort of a human-like way i think it's the commentary is more interesting when it is not as uh easily um it's it's not as easy to parse out because uh, you can't just look at it and say oh that's a robot so it's so it's different. I, I like yeah. what Blade Runner does in that way. Have y'all seen um, Prometheus or Alien Covenant? <laughs> yeah, I've seen I, both I of have, them. I yeah. have. I have. I've seen Prometheus, but I don't remember enough about it that I feel like I could talk about it. <laughs> okay, I watched both of those movies recently, and it was like making me think about Prometheus? that, especially with like the Babel reference because Prometheus. Prometheus and Covenant just have an insane amount of references to like the Bible and Ozymandias and a bunch of other and, and Greek myth, obviously with Prometheus and like a bunch of other stuff where, and that was also kind of, it was a similar thing where um, Michael Fassbender was like the Tifa or the Tima. I keep saying Tifa. Is that a Final Fantasy character? She's in Final Fantasy VII, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm uh, just, if I say Tifa, assume I mean Tima. <laughs> um, where I feel like Michael Fassbender is like the the anime girl of that uh, universe, but he's like <laughs> more, more evil, I guess. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, where it was doesn't making he, me think, because he, he was also like being, sorry, what was it? I said, doesn't he play the flute or something? He does play the flute. He teaches himself to play the flute. Um, it's, it's a very, very touching scene. Um, <laughs> but we're, but like he, his whole thing is also like trying to find his own humanity while being like an android, and then like that driving him crazy. It's like the same. It's a similar thing to Team, uh, except instead of no wait, he does try to destroy the human race also. Yeah, so. well, and, and Timus is interesting because she, um, well, she doesn't Roger, have as much agency. No, the Roger Ebert review of Metropolis, which by the way he gave a four out of four, mentions this, but um, the the dialogue about humanity and or if you're a robot and sort of where those lives are considered to have value does play out within her as a character rather than on a larger scale, and I think it's interesting that she yearns so much to be human that when she realizes that she's not by whatever standards that we've set, despite being better than human, that, that, that backlash when tapped in with like a robot, the, the, the fucking tapping into the power throne. (laughs) I just, I think it's interesting that, you know, 
either side of the coin can be interpreted as like the preferential one just as a matter of perspective shift mm-hmm. well it's like and i think like the whole like wanting to be loved or like belong and just yeah. like i think it's Which all is about what advocating. everybody is trying to do yeah it's like advocating for humanity like the poor poor people with like atlas are advocating for their humanity robots you know the ones who can are advocating for their humanity and i wish there had been more scenes like in the very very beginning when that one robot is like putting the thing on like the like the bat signal on like the spotlight you know what i'm talking about yeah they put the marduk logo on it yeah which is kind of i thought the mardukes were wait i thought the mardukes were like the racist human they fascist. are which is what was weird okay so that doesn't fully, make any- See, i don't yeah. fully get what they were going for with that particular scene because there's a robot that gets shot to death for doing that by the guys who are part of the group of the logo they put up yeah so that's weird maybe he was trying to take the logo down see this is like the movie does do these little things where i'm like i don't understand well, like also it could have a big impact on how you're interpreting it which is the problem yeah exactly but um like i wish there had been more even though that scene is confusing i wish there had been more scenes where the robots were like like i think it would have been cool if the human revolution and the robot revolution was like more like kind of together i think that would have sold the class thing a little more because like even though there's an underclass of robots there's still an underclass of people and that's what makes it feel more like it could be like a race thing, which is like, I'm probably reading too much into it, honestly. Well, I but... mean, but it's in the text, right? Like they, it's there whether they want to have that be the focus or not, right? Yeah. So there's two underclasses and they kind of compete with each other. And that is set up by the higher. So it like, it still works, but um, it like, but and I guess it's supposed to be a little bit more dystopian than maybe I would like. I'm like, why don't all the poor people just band together? I was like, well, that doesn't really happen in real life either. And there's a fascist state that's like trying to keep them separate. So it makes sense. But um, I mean, there's a lot to chew on in this movie, which I think is cool. And yeah, it, it does kind of end up replicating the original a little bit in some ways, like with the revolution kind of failing. Um even though I think the 20s movie is weirdly more optimistic <laughs> than this one. Yeah, um, I will say there's something in this movie that I didn't even notice until I read the Wikipedia page, which is that in the credits, uh, a photograph shown during the end credits reveals Kenichi eventually rebuilt Tima and has opened a robot workshop. I think that's supposed to be like... The, I didn't watch through the credits. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> So I think that is supposed to be the optimistic note. But even then, like, it's a point of unity, certainly. But I don't think it's um, as uplifting as they think it is because it, it doesn't present a clear image of how, like, the structural problems have been solved, right? Yeah. And also, we established that it wasn't just the robots that were getting shit on. It's also like poor people whose jobs were taken by the robots so it's like what are there's no winning <laughs> yeah it, it is you yeah there really less. is no winning <laughs> um, and it's like even though i really like the movie it's like things like that where with, that keep me from giving it like five stars sometimes where i'm like i feel like it's so complicated 
And it's complicated for a reason. I think it's to build the world and like make it feel very real, which it well, does. And also, yeah, real life's complicated about as much as this is. Yeah, and also like real life doesn't have those sorts of like not everything gets a conclusion. But at the same time, this is also a movie with like a baby super powered anime girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, uh, for all of its uh, minor nitpicks, it does look really cool when they rip half the skin off of her face and she's got a big fucked up robot eye. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, the wires. whole ending is like... God, the the climax of this movie looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Can you, she's just getting the shit beat out of him by his <laughs> Poor girlfriend. guy. Poor guy. I will say one note that I took actually just to think about it is that they keep trading clothes and I'm like, this is a real non-binary moment. Oh, I love her big pants. When yeah. they try to give her the dress and she's like, no. I'm no just- it, she's wearing his big pants. Oh. And he's got, he puts on some shorts. That is cute. It, it Liam, I know you mentioned liking short. the relationship stuff. Um, yes. <laughs> did you, what did you like about it? I want to hear. <laughs> I, I just really loved seeing uh, their conversations about um, like, consciousness and uh i i liked having that from just a um a uh younger perspective these these people that are much more innocent than the other characters in um the movie i I would expect a movie like this with robots and stuff to to have those sort of uh discussions whether implicitly or not about what it is to to truly be human and and what makes you a person and and what makes you have value, but to have that um, communicated to us through these two characters, just like getting to know each other, um, I thought was really sweet. Like the the scene where they're down in in the sewer and they're just like uh, talking about um, uh, like like who who they are, where they came from, and and uh, and tima is like not aware that she's a robot yet and it's i thought it was just really cute and also pretty heartbreaking and so when uh the big climax is happening and she delivers that line where she says in the subtitles it says i am who but in the wikipedia it says that she says who am i i don't know that's what she says in the dub she (laughs) says who am i makes a lot more sense um but yeah, when she delivers that final line, I just thought that was like uh, so, so beautiful and heartbreaking. And the fact that it was like said to her, to really her one friend, um, I thought it was a really, really cool way to blend a bit of like realistic humanity into this sci-fi world where a lot of the characters are... Um, exaggerations archetypes perhaps um in order to communicate a message you've got to have those those big strokes and so to have a few tender scenes in this movie where the two characters are just talking i thought was really sweet yeah i'm really impressed at how emotional this movie is with like the scope and like all there's a lot of exposition too which um they obviously like do with having like the two main characters not be like from metropolis which is like a classic but also it works pretty well um also makes them like way more likable but i was surprised that i was like you have all this exposition world building but it never feels like 
too, too much. Like, even if you don't catch all of it, it's like you don't really need to because, like, the core of the story is very much about, like, these different character motivations and relationships. Like, like the detective stuff is whatever. I think the uncle is cute. I like the uncle. I love that guy. He's just trying He's like, his where's best, my nephew? Man. I don't know. He's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. And I like how we that we don't know how old Kenichi is because like I don't know. Seems like we should be keeping better track of this kid that appears to be 12. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess not. I guess we don't really have to worry about it. Like why uh, again, why is he even here if you're like your reason you're here is pursuing a dangerous criminal across like national borders. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And then, like he's treating it like we're going to go on a vacation to find a guy who has warrants over his arrest for organ harvesting of humans. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, but like, pretty, pretty fucking based. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say I actually, I wish I had written down when this happened because I didn't. And weirdly, I can't remember, but I will say I almost cried at part of this movie and I can't even remember what it was. But Damn, I, yeah. I do wish you. I mean, I cry like I think the ending is pretty sad. I'm assuming it must have been then. I'm amazed that I can't remember, um, but I remember just sitting there and just being moved, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think it's a, that doesn't happen on this show very much. Um, it didn't happen with Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination not. London or whatever. Destination London, Ontario, yeah. <laughs> it it yeah. didn't happen when Baby Grink was being bullied. It didn't. It happened for me. Me <laughs> too. Oh, I'm tearing up just think, thinking about oh it. Getting choked up. <laughs> it, must, it must have been near, near the end somewhere. Um, I mean, I think it's sad too. I mean, I don't necessarily, like, I think it's sad when the whole revolution thing was, like, revealed to have been, like, a weird coup. It's a trap. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're telling me that the most evil looking guy in this movie lied to you? <laughs> like, the Secretary of State guy that just has <laughs> yeah. this evil ass grin the whole time. But that was pretty sad, especially since I really liked Atlas. Like, he wasn't in the movie that much. And Atlas is cool. Yeah. I think um, Rock is pretty cool despite being a little shit. Rock is a little shit. But he um, looks fucking cool as hell. He's, he's got perfectly parted hair on both sides. He never takes his sunglasses off and he's constantly got a gun on him. <laughs> he's got something like, <laughs> That's <strap>. cool. <laughs> and also like a red, just a red shirt and some big ass fucking boots. Yeah, and his fucking nazi armband thing that gets he does have, off he, by his i guess he is sort of yeah he does get punished by his dad that's not his dad that he wishes was his dad by getting kicked out of the fucking fascist club yeah so like i don't know maybe he's not the nicest guy ever but i thought he seemed pretty cool yeah he's interesting um <laughs> when he dressed up as the maid and then like this is making me think of his hair. Like when he ripped his face off. Oh, that was off, so sick. <laughs> that was awesome. She's like, it's time. It's time to change. Well, I guess you guys didn't get to hear that line delivery, but. Was the line delivery awesome? It was really weird. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and and then it, it revealed. And then like when he takes his wig off and his hair is like very beautiful, like underneath the lady wig. I was like. Yeah. There are shades of, of char in, in rock um char from gundam 
I will say though that uh, Char's big benefit is that he's extremely charming while also kind of being an asshole. Rock is not um, charming at all. Rock he's is not charming. It's just that they both have good hair, cool sunglasses, and a red shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, hard to hard to go against that formula. True. True. Uh, just looking at a note here. Holy shit! The rotary phone electric hand machine is fucking sick. Yes. Oh, that was awesome. And the hotel coconut. Hotel coconut was really cool. Yeah. Where you stay in like a train car. Yeah, it was cool, and yeah, dude yeah. is just like vibing. Yeah. Um, I oh. didn't notice that until this watch. I was like, this is a really cool hotel. When he yeah. asked for whiskey, or, or when he asked for sake, hot and whiskey. Say we- He's like, they give him hot whiskey, but they give it to him like in a thing that you would serve sake. <laughs> being as culturally sensitive as humanly possible yeah. given the circumstances. They're like, we have sake bottles, but we put whiskey in them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah. really like how, because Tima's only like human reference point is um, Kenichi and she's separated from him and that's upsetting that when she gets locked in that bedroom that she just graffitis the fuck out of the walls with yeah, the only like thing she knows how to write which is Kenichi <laughs> and it's wait just like Transformers oh what uh <laughs> what happens in, I don't remember this what is this Transformers I think it's the second one like the second um, Michael Bay one yeah the second <laughs> oh no I don't remember this <laughs> 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 the second Michael Bay Transformers movie where um uh Shia LaBeouf is in college and he starts getting weird visions and he starts like writing shit on his dorm walls and then the sexy transformer <laughs> with the with the evil tongue tries to kill him. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's just like that. I've got to no, see I this. Have. I have, I have. it's just been a long time. But um uh I really did um like that image of just like it's a it's a really effective way of visually communicating like the desperation of like i don't want to fucking be here with these people (laughs) shout out to my man kenichi also do we think that blade runner 2049 was inspired to spoilers for blade runner 2049 whatever um it's like a six-year-old movie um at the end it's snowing and Ryan Gosling's character uh, is hurt, and he just like lies down on the snowed-out stairs and just looks up at the sky, uh, which is what happens uh, when a variety of people get shot um, during the encounter between like Rock, Duke Red, uh, Detective Uncle Kenichi and Tima. And I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting visual. I wonder if like that was like an intentional influence or not." But I just thought it was neat. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I think this movie is uh, made a lot of money. It, it must be very influential in, it in sci-fi make circles. That much money? Wait. Really? Not even? Oh shit! This is in yen. This is oh. in yen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in North America, it made just shy of seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It made like seven hundred twenty-three thousand dollars. And then it made 750 million yen, which is quite a bit more, to be clear. Uh, right now, that's about $6 million, but it didn't make its budget back even. True. Well, like, that makes it all the more cool for auteurs to rip off because only people like Corey Price will catch on to it. Um, well, I'm exactly. sure I'm not the even only person. My friend does have an anime movie 
poster like that you're supposed to scratch off the movies like when you've seen yeah. them. Ooh. This movie is on there, so yeah, this is not an unknown movie. Does it no, have a smell? It, what does it like? Scratch and not, sniff. <laughs> I wish. What would? What do you think of Metropolis? Metropolis would just smell like fucking diesel fumes, it just dude. It would just like smell a like gas gasoline. How do you guys feel about the smell of gasoline? I like it. Um, it's fine. <laughs> not, I've I've heard that it's a very commonly loved smell, but I I hate it, man. Really? I I think I was just my I was born with my nose backwards or something. It's not a good I, smell to me. I don't. It can't be that weird to dislike the smell of gasoline. I think it's kind of weird that people like that. It's like people <laughs> that tell me yeah. they like the smell of cigarette smoke. I'm like, look, I'm not trying to be an asshole about like people smoking. Like I don't care, but also like I'm not going to tell you I like love how cigarette smoke smells because. Yeah, no, those those people have just conditioned because themselves. I it's like, I love the feeling of getting punched in the face. It's just, there's, well, there's like it's an issue bad. there. I love the taste of grass. Some people, okay, but some people do say that to like people that do like wheatgrass shots and stuff like that. It's true. And my grandfather, he's he's in his late 70s when he was a kid. And, and this is carried on now. He would have cauliflower, not cauliflower. That would be normal. He would have dandelion sandwiches. And so oh, he likes like he likes the taste of what? Yeah, so he likes the taste that's of grass food. because he would just have to eat. Well, well, you that know, was a big was, thing during the Great Depression because yeah, people were was? starving. <laughs> oh yeah, so he was just poor, and so he had to pull out dandelions and just have some bread with it and like some butter if he could. I guess I just and, and now he likes it. Luxury, who knew? That's yeah, right, I've heard yeah. of people like fried dandelion as a thing. Dandelion tea is a thing. Dandelion wine is a thing. I know that. Yeah, came at work once. It's a thing in Ice Age. Ice Age makes dandelions look fucking tasty in that, like, in those earlier scenes. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. Yeah. We got to yeah. do Ice Age on this. This is crazy. The Ice Age movies are still being made. Please I don't think bring we me have back to, for an Ice Age sequel. I would of fucking course. love that. Can, I, can we all agree now that, we, that it's not the new one? Because the new one looks so bad. Okay. No, it has to be one from before Blue Skies was bought out by disney because that that um animation studio is no longer like independent um mm-hmm. oh i didn't know that unfortunate yeah i'm down for any ice age movie right. but what do you mean dinosaurs? what do you mean yes that would be nice but what <laughs> do you mean Corey, that, that the, the new one is looks bad like does it look worse than any of like the last four like what? i'm not saying it's visually. they all look bad <laughs> i don't mean visually like it just seems like like i keep seeing ads for it that i can't skip right away and it just physically pains me to sit through them like <laughs> is this like coming out it's like new new it's out yeah, it's brand new. It's out. Oh, I feel yeah. like it's I like no Land idea. Before Time, where they're just going to make them forever because kids like animals that aren't around anymore and will just see any one of those movies that comes out, like the Land yeah. Before Time movies. <laughs> it, and it, it's wild that it was the Ice Age franchise that got its hooks in people, too, because like... I don't really see people talking about it much like people who are our age who would have been kids when the first Ice Age movie came out. It's like maybe you guys uh, have experienced something different, but I hear like maybe occasionally someone will say they like the first Ice Age movie, but like it's no it's no Shrek and it's no uh, um, 
Toy Story, anything like that. And so the, it, it kind of reminds me of these horror movies where like it's just a it's a B rate horror movie to start with. And then somehow like it just has like 20 sequels. And you're like, who is watching these things? Who is giving the money? But apparently it's, someone is. It's kids, man. I feel like for Ice Age, it's definitely children. I don't think there are like adults. I mean, Must there be, are yeah. somewhere. A <laughs> <laughs> like, but even then, like I, 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 I would guess that my uh, two to thirteen-year-old nephews haven't seen Ice Age. That's my that's guess. True. It's, it's never come up. So, like, that's true. I do no, really I like know. the first one. I can't um, believe how long our Ice Age tangent is. <laughs> <laughs> i love the well, first one too yeah. we're towards the end of the episode i feel like we can have an ice age yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not tr- I'm not trying to stop it i just think it's funny ice age what i love about the first ice age movie is that it's really just about fatherhood and it's like that is like in like being like a parent or something and it's like replicated in like many different subplots and like different ways so i feel like the first ice age actually ends up having a very strong theme I watched it during quarantine, so Damn. I've thought about this recently. <laughs> That's some quantum shit. You should be it's teaching just, classes on Ice Age. That's awesome. I, I should teach a film class where we watch Fritz Lang's Metropolis and <laughs> Ice Age. <laughs> you could you could do this. The class is just titled The Best Movies of All Time. <laughs> you could you could do this like this week. This movie week. movie number three, Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That is, yeah, honestly, those are the three best movies of all time. <laughs> the big three. <laughs> Movie four, Inuyasha. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's the class. <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys want to hear a weirdly relevant piece of news to this discussion? Yeah is is it that Ice Age Seven is coming out? It's not. <laughs> um. So, do you guys know uh, Asimo the Honda robot? Mm-mm. Well, you know? is it the is, hitchhiking robot? No, Honda made a robot. robot. No, okay, Honda, dancer okay. robot. Every, okay, no, it's none of those <laughs> clown um, robot. <laughs> so I'm just gonna drop this link into the two chat. Like Jade, you'll get it on Discord. Liam, you'll get it on uh, Messenger. Um, okay, just look at the picture of the robot. Just tell me if that robot rings a bell um, at all. And as you do that, I'm just going to say uh, this robot had a job uh, which was trying to become the best possible robot and it has now Aww. retired and it gave a retirement speech um, like a person would uh, saying, I have many fond memories of interacting with many people. Thank you for these 20 years, which is so heartbreakingly sad. And then you remember it is also a robot. Uh, and that is just an interesting bit of feelings to feel. While discussing Metropolis, fair enough. Yeah, I don't recognize this robot, but you don't but know no... the robot. Mm-mm. He's I cute. recognize it. I do. I know this man. <laughs> but but there's no reason that it, it shouldn't be aff- affecting, even though it's a robot. Like really, like movies are 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 basically just like little robots, right? Like they're made by people, but like the characters aren't real. And so like when a fiction movie makes you cry, it's like, those are all just robots, bro. They were just made by people. Um, When my plants die, I cry. And a plant (laughs) is like a robot. (laughs) I'm watching the graduation ceremony for Honda Asimo the robot. uh, And he he, uh, moonwalks out of the room at the end. 
Like walks backwards that, out of the room, the closest they can get to Moonwalker. Dang, and that, that, that was the one moment that they were like, yo, we didn't program this. This robot <laughs> has developed intelligence. Like, like he waves goodbye, walks toward the door, turns around, walks out of the room backwards like he's Moonwalking. That's that's beautiful. It's adorable. I love and this then, fucking robot. I don't think this robot should retire because I don't like what the word retirement tends to mean for robots. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rock just comes in. <laughs> old black. yeller style. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I mean, I like like I don't know. I like a lot of different robot meaty. Like I like Ex Machina a lot. It kind of makes oh, yeah. Metropolis kind of makes me think I of that, that a little one. too. Um, just like I don't know the idea of like not just like robots existing in AI and stuff, but also like how that would affect like the human psyche and like how we would relate to them. I think is really interesting because humans, obviously, as we can tell, like we will humanize lots of different things and create emotional attachments and like with robots i guess like depending on what sort of story you're reading or watching or whatever like those attachments might be reciprocated and they might not be but it's just it's really interesting (laughs) Um, it is yeah yeah and i don't know i'm doing a kids science convention with my work next month um and there's going to be some robotic groups there and you know, kids I'm are making robots. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring my gun just in case anything happens. <laughs> <laughs> Protect the kids in case one of these robots decides to act up. Yeah, decides to moonwalk over a small child. <laughs> yeah, moonwalk over a baby. I've had to yell at a kid to not step on babies at work before. Oh, I thought you were so. gonna say to stop moonwalking. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't do that anymore. Michael Jackson isn't cool. That's stop true. your moonwalking. You got to. Um, I don't know what the cool dances are now actually um because i'm getting old but <laughs> um i'm gonna say that over the i'm baby. gonna say floss because it's not cool but oh god no um one of the robots that's coming it's like a robot that is being it's like a really cute robot that's being made to talk to kids that are in the hospital when the kids are like too scared to talk to the doctors and stuff because it's like a little oh. very oh kawaii looking robot. So I think that's cute. I like Has that. Has humanity <laughs> gone too far? We've made robots that are cuter than people. I mean, true. <laughs> then the children, the children will follow the robots and not us. Yeah, this is how this is how we learn. This is like this is the process of fucking around and soon we will find out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Corey, I don't know if this is related to the idea of getting attached to um, man, things created by man that don't actually have feelings. And I don't even know if I should bring this up, but I find it hilarious that at some point during this episode in uh, a group chat that I'm in with you, you sent a tweet about the craft peanut butter bears retiring. <laughs> Yeah, I did. And I feel, what have you? What have you been up to over there? I just, I have um, I don't always look at the ZenCaster levels, and if I change tabs, it just goes to Twitter. So I just happen yeah. to see that. Um, What's the peanut butter bear. I just sent you the tweet. You don't know about the craft peanut butter bears. I don't know. What are you talking? Look, oh, just, the two guys in the peanut butter jar, and they're retiring. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've never seen this in person, but in this Google image search, they're really creepy. <laughs> I agree with you, dude. I don't know if you're just looking at the regular jar, like with the two of them in the in their little circle peeking out. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I feel like they're looking into like my room. Or I'm something. with you, dude. Maybe that's why they're going to retire them, because I remember specifically when I had the realization that maybe the Kraft peanut butter bears aren't as friendly as they're uh, supposed to be. And I took a Snapchat. I sent to all my friends i was like dude i think there's something off about these bears and the way they're just <laughs> staring at us so i am all for this i'm like down. they're watching me eat my peanut they're also gay i guess <laughs> oh is, is that true what, wait wait why do they have to, it doesn't have to be that no i i'm not saying it has to be i'm just like i did a google image no search, they're straight and there's a couple of things <laughs> of them like being gay or like that's, I, that's pretty... I guess they're allies but that's pretty based, honestly. I mean, I'm cool if they are. I'm just saying, I don't know if they've ever... <laughs> they're evil and they're gay and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I just don't know if they've ever confirmed one way or the other. So it could be. It True. could be. I just I just like the image, though, of the picture in the tweet. Love a visual gag on a podcast where... <laughs> um, they're just like they got two old man hats on and they've got like their suitcase and they're just gonna go fucking like hit the links they're gonna golf a bit they're gonna make up for some some lost time spent on the peanut butter jar i think about their arms around each other i want them to have a good retirement for the fucking peanut butter bears they've they've worked hard standing in the same position for the last 60 years they're lucky they're not robots so they're not you know no one's gonna take them out back yet they're they're basically people right yeah i'm sure they've seen a lot of shit too i wonder why they're retiring like they don't even say in the tweet it's like it's like a given in this tweet that like these are actual bears (laughs) who have worked hard for 60 years yeah they are i don't know what more you need these oh bears gosh. are literally about to die. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. No, they're we gonna just have can't a... tell because we can't see them. Age. There's but... too many. There's this is episode is becoming too much about brand retirement. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like I, just, I said everything I, just, I need to say about Metropolis. <laughs> I don't know what I'm more emotional about: the idea of a son not having a father's love, or whether or not. Uh, a superhuman robot woman could feel like a real person and experience love or the Honda robot and the peanut butter bears. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Jade. I've said everything I need to about Metropolis. I have not said everything I need to about the peanut butter bears. So yeah, if you guys got another, another hour to spare, <laughs> we can go deep. It's very interesting that in their retirement photo, we can't see their faces. I'm wondering if one of them got into a horrible accident and that's why they have oh, to retire. Man. Or maybe they're just old and wrinkly and they don't want to show it off. They've been having makeup this whole time. I've had a long enough week and it's only Wednesday that if we joke about this too much, I'm going to get sad for real. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> the little bears. Oh, no. All right. No, they're going to have a happy retirement, Corey. Don't worry. The little bears are like, say. who am I? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not I am on the peanut who? butter jar. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. They might have. Oh, my gosh. They're going home and writing peanut butter all over the wall. Oh, I wish them best. All the Trading best. Trading pants and shit. <laughs> Dang, I, I I have a jar of many jars of craft peanut butter in my pantry. Do you think these are going to be like eventually worth a lot of money? Should I start keeping these? Yeah, for sure. I it's so funny because I don't think I've ever seen a craft peanut butter jar in real life. Like Interesting. especially with or without the bears on it. Like I'll mail you one if you if you want to you know fix that. Is, is well, this first, just is it just Canadian? 
I feel like craft. I see craft everything else in the United States. Like huh. <laughs> the peanut butter is only for us. I what, don't know. What is what is like, the peanut butter brand you see? Jif, like Skippy or whatever. Oh yeah, we don't we don't really have Jif here. Like we do, we but it's have it. But, but like yeah, craft, not nearly craft as common. Is, we have craft so, is the go-to. We have craft so much monopoly. fucking Jif. <laughs> wow. You can't is it pronounce it written. Is it pronounced Jif or GIF? It's <laughs> shut the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so Mitch is here largely in spirit, but it's his pick next week, and I do have the movie he wants us to watch ready to go. So I could announce that. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, it. your best Mitch impression. Yeah. Oh, I can't do a Mitch impression. Oh, no bo- bo- <laughs> Mitch, you just got bodied. Down. <laughs> if watch he out. made it this far. <laughs> watch out for that train. <laughs> oh my god. Um so he he picked a it at first I thought it was a classic Mitch pick, but it's like a classic Mitch pick with a twist. So um have you heard of the movie Cape Fear? Yes. Yep. Uh, we are going to watch the 1991 remake of Cape Fear. Right. Yeah. He's talked about wanting to do this. I'm yeah. familiar. Cast is pretty gnarly on this one. Uh, I will say that'll be pretty cool. We've got uh, Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte, Jessica Lang, Gregory Peck, Robert Mitchum, all in the mix. Yeah, I mean, this like this is the one I think of when you said, "Have I heard of Cape Fear?" Like, I I think of the '91 version. I didn't. I didn't. Know I, didn't was, I didn't know there was an original. I didn't know there was a '91 one. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm being dead oh, serious. Oh, wild. Okay, yeah, uh, that's that's very cool. I I had no idea there was an original. I very cool. Was I I don't know what the problem is. I don't know which one I was thinking of. I guess the 1962, like the Gregory Peck one. It must be that, but. We'll figure it out. Uh, Jade, you're welcome to if you would like, but also if you don't give a, a shit about Cape Fear, that's also fine. You know, to, uh, your life, I've you... literally never heard of either one of these movies before. <laughs> well, uh, Cape Fear is a place in North Carolina, though, which is like, the well, there's the Cape Fear River. So that's what I've heard of because I'm man. from probably North named Carolina. after the movie. We should, all, we should all do a field trip for next week's episode and record it live on site. That would Ooh. be super cool. Let's, I guess we could go to um the beach <laughs> beach episode. <laughs> Speaking of anime, Speaking episode, of anime. <laughs> we brought it back around. <laughs> if that's just a thing in animes, is to have an episode where everyone oh, yeah. goes to the beach. <laughs> it's I gathered, pure, yeah. Pure they filler. do. They do that in in like uh, kids sitcoms as well. Yeah, it's a classic. It's like going to an amusement park. It's the same sort of thing. Like. I did. You gotta have it, and or also like the school fair. We could do all these things together, and more. I think I think we should. <laughs> all right, it's time for the they made another one anime spinoff. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> fuck. Took the us whole thing enough. is dubbed with other people's voices. Oh, Absolutely. it's 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 Dom and Paul. It's the Australian anime of they made another one. We've already have people doing a dub. That's right. Let's do it. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> fellas, you know what to do. <laughs> now we'll just see what they come up with (laughs) (laughs) um but with cape fear all teed up uh thank you jade for coming back uh for i don't know like is this the fifth one um i think think so because i was zathura uh cloverfield the craft the grinch and now 
Metropolis. This. Yeah. Okay. So fifth one. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. I'd be. It's I'll always be- a good time. Love hanging out with my friends. This is a great way to do that. <laughs> um, and uh, we give you a shout out every week. But would you like to do the honors? Um. Yeah. Sure. I guess I'll. I guess I'll do that. Um. If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram at Jade Sketches, all one word. I believe that's also my TikTok. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Okay, thank you, Corey. For- <laughs> I, I know that because it's in it's in some of the episode descriptions. I know. I'm just like you would literally know better than I would. Um, <laughs> and I post on TikTok sometimes, um, just because Instagram is kind of a dumpster right now. And if you want to find me on Twitter, it's um, Jade shark with an underscore in between because jade sketches was taken <laughs> i assume um, i yeah. like how oh. that it didn't become jade underscore sketches it's like now nah, we're doing jaws now yeah and i want to plug my um my letterboxed also which is yeah. also jade sketches and you can see what i thought of both metropolis movies and Sweet. also alien covenant <laughs> <laughs> oh it's yes i'm excited yeah thanks <laughs> And uh, Liam, what about you? What, what do you got? I have a letterbox too and a Twitter. Uh, the username is Graham the Mallo. You can see what I thought of Alien Covenant uh, four years ago. Whenever is that how old that movie is already? I think it was like 2017. Yes, it was. It was because uh, I did a New York City trip in 2017 and um, there were posters for it everywhere. And so I associate it with that year. Nice. Um, I'll do the honors for Mitch, who's who's not here to uh, to join us. Ah! Okay, so that's what he would do. Um, I actually knocked a keycap off of my keyboard doing that. Uh, that's probably in the Mitch spirit. I would imagine yeah. he's like actually destroyed his bedroom, and he just has too much pride to tell us. Like, there's holes <laughs> in the walls. <laughs> desk leg is broken off yeah he's totally fucked he's um, got his arm in a sling poor guy that's why he couldn't be here today he fucked up his arms leaving the podcast um you can find me on twitter and uh letterboxd at mr cory price uh i have too many podcasts you can go listen to them if you'd like uh you can listen to mk podcast with our pal neil where i talk about mortal Kombat paraphernalia um we're working through some comic books right now we're doing episode commentaries for mortal Kombat conquest the tv show greatest show ever created uh also if you'd like to hear me talk about f1 in a place that isn't here and are interested in fast cars i finally found a place to put that we're still working through our editing backlog right now to get all of our episodes up but that is called strat 2 strat like the short form of the word strategy you can find that on twitter at strat 2 f1 and um you know all the podcast stuff and um, with all that out of the way, uh, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everywhere else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at TMAOPodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and what fictional character or robot you were sad about the retirement of um let's go with that (laughs) uh we will catch you here next week for the 1991 remake of cape fear on they made another one